Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. How's your Whoa. Christmas shopping going? Slow. I haven't even started it yet. Oh. <laughs> what about you? I'm pretty much done. Damn it. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, please don't tell me you're already finished. <laughs> I haven't even begun to think about it yet. And had my Christmas tree up on the first weekend after Thanksgiving. You are just, you've got your shit together, girl. It's pretty easy when you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you for not having to work. Yay. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> So wherever you are today, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. <laughs> you sound like Jim Carrey. Night, thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Well, Holly, tonight I am happy to give you my own adaptation of Grimm's famous fairy tale. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Cinderella. I love Cinderella, but when I read the original story, it differs quite a bit from Disney Cinderella. That's so shocking. Yes. <laughs> For one, there's no fairy godmother. What? Yeah. Oh. And it had a gruesome ending. Does um do you have any serial killers? No, I didn't add any serial killers. I'm sorry, Holly. What about kittens or cats? Um, no kittens or cats. Okay, I'm not sure Sorry. I'm going to be able to stay awake, but that's fine. But I gave you a part or two, <laughs> okay. so hopefully that'll keep you interested. Um, but you know, I did keep the gruesome part in my story, so okay. people will be happy about that. Okay. And it's interesting to note that the Grimm brothers lost their father to pneumonia in 1796, and it created a sudden change in financial status for the brothers. Oh. They were unable to retain their servants. They had servants. Oh. And eventually they also lost their enormous manor home. Oh, shit. So, yeah, they went from riches to rags. And yeah. the mother and the boys were then at the mercy of charity from their grandfather and mother's sister, who mm. at the time was a first lady in waiting at the court of Prince Frederick Charles of Hesse. Wow. I wonder if they could relate a bit to the story of Cinderella having their life turned completely upside down by the death of a parent. Probably. I mean, it's kind of similar to her story. Kind of. Yeah. Huh. Well, without further ado, we begin our story. As with many harsh winters, when the wind starts to blow its icy breath, all kinds of maladies takes its toll on many otherwise healthy people. And this was the case one early winter when Ella's father urgently called her to her mother's bedside. It was likely that her mother, who caught pneumonia, was very sick and would likely not make it through the night. Drawing close to her mother's pale face, Ella could barely hear her whisper, My dear child, I have taught you many things, and the time has come where I can no longer be with you. I promise, though, to always look down on you from heaven, and will find a way to send you signs of my presence. It is my wish that you will always do the right thing, Ella, and try to keep dutiful and humble, for God rewards those who do their labor with love. 
In every action, remember that you are blessed with beauty, and that beauty, though, is also found in every living thing upon this earth. Ella nodded her head, and the mother, seeing her agreement, closed her eyes and took her last breath. <sighs> every day, Ella would hike up the short trail to the family cemetery and weep at her mother's grave. She was very sad, but tried to obey her father, who grew cold and distant, avoiding Ella, saying she reminded him too much of his late wife, and looking at her or even hearing her voice was too painful. So it seemed that Ella lost two parents that winter, and when the snow blanketed the grave and then melted with the spring sunshine, her father brought home a new wife. Hello. Ella was hopeful that laughter and love would lift her father's spirits and the home would become a place her father would spend more time residing and less days traveling. It did seem that her father had gotten over his grief and she found him smiling at her again from time to time when she was grooming her horse. The new wife had two daughters from a previous marriage and they were very beautiful with porcelain skin and shiny thick auburn hair that reminded Ella of her favorite horse, Max. She was eager to have sisters, but they sneered at Ella, and their hearts were black, and their minds were full of dark thoughts. They did not want to share their mother or new father with this strange girl who reminded them of the fairies in the forest, wild and freaky beautiful. The fairies were known to prefer the company of beasts to the company of men. Ella had an ethereal look with her unique white blonde hair and sparkling amethyst eyes. She also refused to stay indoors, even on a stormy day. So they each would think of complaints and lies that they could bring up to their mother, portraying Ella as a spoiled child with low-born manners who needed to know her place. The stepmother, knowing if something ever happened to Ella's father, the estate and majority of wealth would most likely go to Ella her husband's own flesh and blood daughter. So she was complacent when her daughter said that Ella would need to have some chores in order to eat bread with them in the parlor. And they went through her room and raided her closet of all her fine dresses and silk scarves. They made her wear a dull gray dress with apron and uncomfortable wooden shoes. They teased her mercilessly and said, Oh my, what a princess you are, and kicked her out of her own room. She was forced to do hard work from morning until night and was treated worse than the servants. They did not show an ounce of kindness or even allow her a soft bed to sleep in after hearing her soft moans of achy feet and back. Oh. Instead, she found a place by the fire in the ashes and soon was unrecognizable as the beautiful Ella. One day, the stepsisters found her collapsed in ashes and kicked her in the ribs. Wake up, Ella. We need you to get a saddle ready for our horses as we are riding into town today. But Ella was deep asleep, dreaming of her mother braiding her long hair. In a more forceful manner, they tucked her out of the ashes, saying, Wake up, you pile of cinders, you fool, Ella. When she finally opened her eyes, one of the sisters exclaimed with satisfaction, Look at you. What a mess. We shall call you Cinderella, more fitting for a pathetic, loathsome theme like you. And so Ella was called Cinderella after that by everyone except her father, who was only slightly aware that his new wife was jealous for his complete devotion. 
but Cinderella's father never quite got over his first wife's death. Hoping the novelty of his new marriage would be less demanding, the father decided to spend more time traveling and less time playing referee to sort out the quarrels of a house full of clingy, needy women. <laughs> Ella was growing an inch a month, it seemed, and she was becoming a young lady. But he did notice she was thinner and her white blonde hair was more of an ash gray now. One day, as Cinderella was cleaning under the furniture, her mop hit up against something underneath an old chest in her mother's former sewing room. Moving it out of its former position, she realized a book had fallen between the chest and wall, laying there undiscovered for months. Hiding the book in her apron, she waited until the girls were well on their way into town for their weekly shopping trip. Opening the cover in privacy by the stables, Cinderella saw the inside of the cover had her mother's signature on it. The journal was handwritten and included recipes and detailed descriptions of uses regarding herbs and ingredients. However, after skimming a bit more, she concluded not quite recipes, they were more like spells. <laughs> the first chapter was all about the properties of the hazel tree. Her mother wrote that the sacred tree had powerful magic to ward off evil spirits. A forked twig can be used to find water or divine the future and make for a good wand or pointer stick. The hazel leaf when given to cattle can increase the cow's milk. Two twigs laying in a windowsill will protect the home from fire or lightning. If a person needs help from a fairy, a twig can be used to send out a message or plea calling out loud in the air while waving the branch. The air will be charged with quicksilver energy and bring unexpected good fortune and an answer to the request. Awesome. Hanging a branch above your head will bring you wisdom and knowledge. Wow, so many uses for the hazel branch. I think I'm going to get some. Cinderella could not believe what her eyes were reading. Her mother was part of something very old and sacred. Was her mother a witch, an herbalist, or perhaps a member of the old druidic order? Excited to have this emotional connection, she hurriedly ran out to her mother's grave and thanked her for allowing her to find it. Happy to finish her chores and having her energy renewed, Cinderella skipped back to the house and found her two stepsisters opening packages in the front room. Cinderella, please step away. We don't want your dirty hands ruining our new white gloves and skirts. The father, who was smiling at the scene in the corner, suddenly realized his daughter was not opening anything and asked her, Ella, dear daughter, why are you so dirty? Playing in that cemetery again? Come and clean up. I think there has to be a present in here for you. But the wicked stepmother interrupted and said that Cinderella had not finished her chores and, yes, seemed to prefer being dirty and improper, so as punishment she had missed that week's shopping trip. The father, who just assumed Ella was acting out her grief from the passing of her mother, announced he would be back with gifts when he returned from his next work trip. Oh, father, the two stepsisters cried. Can you please bring us back some perfume and pearls? That would be divine. And you, Cinderella? What can I do to help you feel like your old self again? Surely it has been too long for you to be grieving at that grave. Father, I would only ask that you break off a twig or two of the first tree that catches your hat or coat on the way back home. 
You are gone so much with your work, and it will help me feel comforted by your absence. The branch, perhaps, will help me pick out the scattered peas and lentils that are dumped into the ashes. Confused by this comment, the father only said, Whatever will make you smile, my dear, but I don't understand the value of a twig. The father was gone for three weeks, but on his way home, his hat brushed against a hazel tree, and he had to stop to retrieve it. Remembering his promise to Ella, he broke off two of the branches and gave it to her. Thank you, father. I will plant it by mother's tomb, and it will bring me so much comfort. So she immediately ran up the trail and knelt down by her mother's grave, weeping tears of joy, which watered the plant, and it soon grew and grew, becoming a strong little tree. Cinderella visited the grave three times a day and read her mother's diary, which compelled her to make wishes under the tree. Each time she expressed a desire, a white bird flew to rest in the tree above her. One day she was wishing for some lotion for her sore, cracked hands. To her amazement, the white bird dropped down to her a little bottle of the finest rose oil that smelled so wonderful and made her hands soft and smooth. Another time, she wished for an apple, and out of the tree from up above, coming down on her head, was the sweetest, juiciest red apple. You know, she later then told her father this whole story. His name is Sir Isaac. <laughs> One cold afternoon when Cinderella could see her frosty breath in the air, a fine gentleman pulled up to the house and delivered a formal letter to her stepmother. There was a winter ball to celebrate the upcoming holiday at the castle, where Prince Felix would meet all the eligible ladies of the land and at the end of the third night, choose for himself a lady to marry. A shrill scream went up throughout the house and Cinderella came running fearful that someone was hurt only to find the racket was due to her two stepsisters freaking out over the news. Oh, well, Mother, we have to look our best now, and these old gowns won't do for the ball. Mother, can we please have our makeup and hair done by a professional? Why, of course, my darling daughters. This is very important, and we must make sure the prince dances only with you both. We will spare no expense and hire the finest help for preparing. One of the stepsisters pinched Cinderella in the arm. Hurry, Cinderella. We must have you polish our shoes. There is no time to spare. The event starts this weekend. Cinderella paused to consider the news and boldly addressed her stepmother. Surely this invitation includes a request for my presence as well, because I am of eligible age being 18, and I am my father's daughter who owns this manor and estate. Your daughters are through a different marriage, so I would think the invitation was addressed specifically for my attendance. Bold. <laughs> it would have been so great to have been a fly on the wall to see the sisters' raised eyebrows and jaws dropping to the floor after Cinderella announced her intention to go to the ball. Well, the stepmother, quick to respond, exclaimed, Why, of course, Cinderella, you are meant to attend the ball and you shall go once you complete all the chores and find something suitable to wear. I know your father would want you to wear one of your mother's former gowns, and he would be so proud to have you meet the prince. 
Now, here is a list of everything that needs to be done, and I would suggest you leave our presence with haste, for time is short and you have much to do. Cinderella's heart leaped for joy, and she found herself humming as she polished the sister's shoes and washed all the silk stockings. Peeking into her old bedroom, she pulled out the trunk of her mother's clothes and pulled out an old lacy dress with high collar. Holding the dress close to her nose, she tried to breathe in any scent of her mother's perfume, but it was no longer present in the gown. Cinderella sighed. She tried to envision herself in it and grew depressed. The gown was severely outdated, elegant and proper, yes, but not appropriate for attracting the prince. Cinderella had such a tiny waist and generous curves that a well-cut gown would help accentuate her assets. But this dress was just too big and showed not even a hint of skin. There would be no way for her to make all the adjustments it needed. The ball was that upcoming weekend. She would have to work all night long as the chores she was given totaled almost double her usual daily tasks. At last, when the last rays of the evening sun was barely peeking over the horizon, Cinderella sat down after completing her chores and worked on her dress. Carefully taking in the waist and shortening the sleeves, it was only an hour later when her stepmother came seeking her and found that Cinderella was still trying to go to the ball. Listen to me now, child. You did a great job with all your chores, and I'm just afraid that you are so clumsy and improper. You will be an embarrassment to us all if you tried to dance. But Cinderella kept begging, insisting that she knew at least how to waltz and would promise to sit out the other dances. Well, I suppose you can go if you're able to pick out the lentils from the ashes I have scattered into the hearth within two hours. But stepmother, that is impossible to do in short time and without a bright light to guide me. Well, I guess you cannot go then. And with that, the stepmother turned on her heel and went to eat dinner with her two daughters. Cinderella ran from the house in the twilight, seeking comfort under the little hazel tree. Opening up her mother's journal, she read the next chapter. Those of us whose hair shines with the light of the North Star and stand facing the setting sun with a heart that is pure can command the wildest beasts of the air. Cinderella read the passage twice and could not believe her luck. It was the perfect time to try this and see if her idea might work for her tired, weary hands. Standing tall, facing the last light, Cinderella called out, All you hungry pigeons, sweet turtle doves, and any birds who hear my words, please come to my aid and gather quickly to hear the task. The good lentils go into the pot, and the bad lentils go into the crop. Cinderella, looking to the sky and making a hopeless shrug, returned back to her home. At first, two white pigeons flew and sat in the kitchen window sill, and then two turtle doves also came. Soon, every bird near the home swarmed in and began to pick at the ashes. Pick, pick, pick. They all worked together, gathering the good lentils into a bowl. Cinderella was astonished that under an hour, they were all done and flew back out again from wherever they came. Cinderella ran to the dinner table as her stepmother and sisters were just finishing their dessert. Thinking that her stepmother would now let her go to the ball, she happily set the bowl down on the table showing the gathered lentils. 
But the two sisters with black hearts showed no mercy and said to their mother, How could you have made such a deal with that stupid wretch? If she is allowed to come with us, we will surely be passed up by the prince. Knowing how beautiful her daughters were and assuming nobody could possibly pass up her daughters for this elf-like Ella, with her pointy chin and waif-like appearance, the stepmother exclaimed, Nonsense, girls. She is an odd one, and besides, I'm sure she'll never be able to complete her dress in time. We have to make sure all the horses are perfectly groomed, hair braided with ribbons, and the carriage polished. Cinderella, there is just no way you can attend without the proper attire. I am very sorry. Cinderella weeped and suddenly had an idea. Oh, but if I could only send a message to father, he would surely allow me to purchase a suitable gown and shoes for the event. I am not sure he even knows that the winter ball is being held at the castle, since he is four towns away. The stepmother, who was very quick with her thinking, said, Ah, but poor Cinderella, even if I could send out a message, the ball is tomorrow night, and he would not be able to get a package to us in that short period of time. And the shops are all closing early in town to get ready for the ball. It will be a madhouse with everyone fighting for the last-minute items, and I just refuse to be stressed. But if you could figure out how to untangle these strands of pearls without breaking them, I would be so grateful to you as they were a wedding present from your father. If you can get the task completed by tomorrow morning, then perhaps I will reconsider allowing you time and hiring extra help to work on your dress for the ball. The stepmother then quickly turned away and left because she was about to cackle out loud from her wicked plan. She ran to fetch the necklace and triple knotted the thing to an impossible degree that nobody without the patience of a saint and care of a surgeon could untangle it. Cinderella, seeing the necklace laid out for her on the cutting board, sank to her knees in defeat. Surely there was no way she could untangle the necklace without breaking a precious pearl. Cinderella ran out of the house and cried her eyes out underneath the hazel tree by her mother's grave. Noticing two turtle doves sitting on a branch, she spoke of her plight. Oh, doves of the air and anything soaring through the sky, please hear me and my pitiful cry. The necklace is so tangled it needs a careful eye. Please come quick and help me. Again, she watched in amazement as bird after bird swooped down and gathered under Cinderella. With their beaks, they each went for a knot and carefully with a peck, 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 untied and unwound the long strand until not a single bead was broken or tied up. Cinderella, grateful for her bird friends, laughed and gave them some dried corn for their work. Heading to bed, Cinderella dreamed she was dancing in a beautiful castle with a handsome prince. And when she saw it was morning, she carried the necklace to her stepmother, who was already having her hair done by two professionals who were making a fuss over her two daughters' hair as well. Oh, madame, you have such natural beauty, and your daughters, who look just like you, both have your luscious locks of auburn curls. The prince will not be able to keep his fingers out of their locks when I am finished. This made everyone blush until, that is, when they saw Cinderella standing in the corner holding out the beautiful, untangled pearl necklace for her stepmother. 
unbelievable that you were able to do this for me, Cinderella. Oh, it will look so elegant with my velvet red-colored gown. She was in such a good mood that they all just looked so gorgeous, she was about to consider letting Cinderella go with them. But the two stepsisters were jealous over hearing their mother complimenting Cinderella and said, Mother, Cinderella here was caught outside riding our horse this morning, and now it is tired and sweaty for the trip this evening. We are worried the horse will not make it through the drifting snow, and if it stumbles at all, our carriage might tip over. This angered the stepmother so much that she took her hand and smacked Cinderella hard across the face. How dare you selfish girl that you did not even think of tonight's travel. How could you run the horse ragged? As punishment, you can no longer go to the ball. But Cinderella had not done anything wrong and the stepsisters had made up the awful lie. Oh, but please, mother, is there anything I can do to help? The horse looks fine to me. It is healthy, and I see no issues with it. You see, Charlie is much younger than the other horses, too, so I think we need not worry. Well, Cinderella, I am sorry I reacted poorly and hit you. There's a huge red mark now on your face. I think it's going to bruise, and besides, you still can't dance, and you have nothing to wear. And with that, they all pushed Cinderella out of the front room and went about preparing for the evening. Cinderella was so upset, she ran crying to her mother's grave, knowing it was now too late to finish her dress or heal her face. She opened up her mother's journal and continued to read the blurry handwriting through the mess of tears. It says here that if, quote, a young virgin dreams of dancing with a prince, her most treasured wish will surely be fulfilled. How odd, thought Cinderella. She just had a similar dream the night before. Too bad she was not a virgin. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. Running back with her mother's dress, she tossed it up into the tree branches saying, Shake and quiver, little tree. Rain down my greatest treasure for me. The wind started to shake the tree and Cinderella became very dizzy. As she sank to the ground to get her bearing, she realized stretched out on the back of the tombstone now was a gorgeous gown embroidered with silk and sparkling with fine silver threads. It was the most beautiful dress she had ever seen, and it fit her perfectly, accentuating her small waist and cut with an open back, allowing her long hair to swing freely. Cinderella had no time to lose as her stepmother and sisters were already on their way to the ball. She quickly cleaned up and borrowed makeup to cover her small bruise. Admiring herself in the mirror, she noticed there was also a set of small silver shoes sitting in the windowsill. Calling out to her horse, Max, she threw on her warmest cloak and headed quickly to the castle. When she arrived, all eyes stared at her as she entered the ballroom. The prince was already dancing with one of her sisters, but when he saw Cinderella, he let his hand drop to his side and abandoned his dancing partner to find out Cinderella's name. Grabbing Cinderella around her waist, he spun her out to the dance floor, and the entire crowd hushed and whispered in awe at this beautiful, strange girl dancing with the prince. Who is she? Does anyone know? Wow! Look at that gown and hair. Well, she must be a princess from a faraway kingdom. 
Yeah, there's nothing made like that from our tailors, and her shoes also look like fairy silver. The prince spent every opportunity that night to spend time with the princess dancing and dancing, but the music was so loud he did not catch her name. Cinderella soon realized her sisters were heading home, so she immediately broke free of the prince's hand and sprinted to her horse trying to beat them home. When her stepmother and sisters arrived back at the manor, they immediately went to check on Cinderella and found her sleeping in a heap by the ashes. Hmm, said mother, that girl at the ball almost reminded me of our Cinderella, but surely see here, daughters, she's fast asleep in her rags by the ashes. The next day, the prince rode out to find the mysterious princess and knocked on several doors to inquire if anyone knew who she was or where she lived. He finally was told by a helpful soul that they thought they saw her fleeing on a horse and jumping over a fence at their manor house. Perhaps they are hiding out in the chicken coop area. Approaching Cinderella's home, he commanded an axe be taken to tear down the chicken coop, but there was no sign of his princess anywhere. Making note to ask her more questions at the ball in the evening, he returned to the castle to prepare for another chance to meet his anonymous princess. The two sisters and her stepmother were in an irate mood, yelling orders at Cinderella and throwing items around in a desperate attempt to try and better themselves in more flattering attire for the next evening's ball. One sister decided she needed to dye her hair raven black so she could also be mysterious and different from her sister, who looked so much like her and her mother. The other sister insisted on gluing sparkles around her eyes and wearing a new dress off her shoulders. Ooh, scandalous. Hmm. There was panic when things were not coming together, and of course it was Cinderella blamed when anything went wrong. By the time the two girls and mother left for the dance, Cinderella was exhausted and unable to find her dress she hastily threw off into the trees the previous night when she ran inside to keep from being caught. Outside, she searched high and low, but there was no sign of her shoes or the dress, and this time there were no birds in the tree at her mother's grave. Cinderella knew her prince was her soulmate that she dreamed about and wished with all her heart she could find a way to attend the ball again that evening. But the snow was falling heavy and she had run out of time. In futile desperation, she looked up at the tree saying, Shake little tree and stir up the wind. I need a hug of love for my weary self is so cold and sad. There is no dancing tonight, for I am unable to meet my prince. And with that, she closed her journal to return home before she froze outside. Just stepping off onto the trail, she heard a great crack as a branch snapped against the trunk, and wind blew up snowflakes, revealing a beautiful white gown lined with the softest fur and matching cloak. Up in the branches, there was an enormous train of white silk cascading down from the tree, and Cinderella ran with excitement to try on this exquisite gown. Little white leather boots lined with white fur appeared to be held by two doves lowering them down to the gravestone for Cinderella to grab. Quickly, she grabbed the gifts and ran to the house, cleaning herself and twisting her long white blonde hair into a clip with a few red holly berries she grabbed along mm, the way. Yay. Staring at her reflection, she silently thanked the birds and made her way to the castle, this time more slowly since Max could not see very well due to all the wind and snow. 
At once, when the doors to the castle announced her arrival, all eyes were on Cinderella. And even the stepsisters marveled at her beauty. There she is again. I must have those boots. Look at the fur lining her cloak. The prince's father motioned for everyone to move aside so her long train could trail behind her without being stepped on. The prince could not speak. He could only stare and stare all night long. Cinderella could not dance with the long train and wished she had a way to gather it up. When two birds who made its way after her arrival took up the ends in their beak and followed her every movement. She and the prince once again danced all night and when she heard her stepmother call for the carriage, Cinderella apologized but ran out of the castle as fast as her boots could navigate the deep snow. Max lowered his head and they flew off to her home through breakneck speed while Cinderella tried to toss her clothes off to the woods, but this time she was fearful of falling off her horse in the process. Instead, she would just have to find a hiding place for her gown in the home, so it would be there for the final night of the winter ball. Unable to find an appropriate hiding place, she looked at her two bird friends who went peck, 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 and picked up the dress, boots, and cloak, flying away with them just as Cinderella's stepsisters came crashing through the door. Unbelievable. We were clearly the most beautiful women at the ball, and yet the prince wanted that snobby Snow Witch as his dancing partner. Now, girls, we must just find a way to distract the prince tomorrow night. Rest up, and we will come up with a plan. But Cinderella heard of their wicked ideas as she huddled in her ashes. The mother would discreetly set off a fire alarm at the castle to make a huge disruption. They had decided that one of the sisters would pretend to be trampled and call for the prince and staff to attend her as she would not be able to leave the castle. The other girl would insist to be at her sister's bedside and eventually the prince would fall in love with one of them. The stepmother called it the nightingale effect and was confident the plan would work. But the next morning there was a loud banging at the manor door. There stood the prince and his father the king. Horrified that they should meet them without their full face of makeup, the two girls pushed their mother towards the two men and ran from the room. Excuse me, dear lady, the king apologized, but we have had a witness who claimed to have seen a flying silk coat lined with fur flying out your window last night, and we think it belongs to the mysterious princess from the ball that my son is searching for, and she might be hiding out in your property. Do you think we could check your horse stalls? The stepmother, growing very suspicious now of Cinderella, bowed low and agreed to have the party search the grounds. Meanwhile, she went to Cinderella in the kitchen and told her she was not allowed to show her face outside, and if she tried to greet the guests, there would be hell to pay. Cinderella, who was obedient and naive, dutifully went about her indoor chores, and once the guests left, ran outside to her mother's grave to read her journal. The next chapter stated, Wish fulfillment is usually done with the power of three. Three days or three times repeating the words will usually allow enough energy to bring close the heart's most treasured wish. The number three is powerful, and that is why most wishes are granted in threes. Hmm, thought Cinderella. I wonder if that means I will have to form a new wish tonight in order to get my gown back from the birds. 
The stepmother, who was not going to take any chances on a mysterious princess showing up to the ball, decided to trick Cinderella into going up the stairs to the attic and locked her up. Cinderella was left with no window and no escape to attend the ball. There she sat crying and screaming for help, but as the sun started to set, she became desperate. Looking around for anything to help her escape, she saw nothing, only the slight stirring of a mouse. Cinderella quickly thought of the poem regarding the night before Christmas and smiled to herself, oh, if only Santa Claus was real. Resolved to spend the night in the attic, Cinderella pulled her mother's journal out of her apron and started to read the next chapter. It is said that beauty is found in all living creatures, even mice and rats of the field, for they love pretty shiny things and collect them in their nests. The mouse can teach you how to find hidden things. Follow a mouse and you might find treasure in their house or a secret passageway or exit. Cinderella could only believe now. Her mother was indeed still watching over her because the coincidence was just too remarkable. Watching the little mouse, she noticed it circling an area in the south corner of the attic. Hello, little mouse. Can you show me the way out of this place? The little mouse squeaked and nosed its way between two boards along the wall. Cinderella tapped and found the sound was hollow, unlike the other walls in the attic. Quickly, she pushed a finger into the space, and remarkably, the rotten board cracked, revealing a hidden back staircase leading hopefully outside. Excited by her find, she hurried to remove all the rest of the boards and follow the staircase, which ended in a fake bookshelf of her father's study, which nobody, of course, was ever allowed to visit. Cinderella could not believe her good fortune, but she still did not have her dress for the ball, and it had already started over an hour ago. Even if she left within the next few minutes, she most likely would miss dancing with the prince. Opening up the window and calling out into the evening, Cinderella wished for her bird friends to come. Friends of the air, please hear my prayer, as the prince is my true love and dearest treasure. Help me find my dress or rain down gold for my pleasure. Believing now that help was on its way, Cinderella started to wash her face and hair. When she returned to the hearth, there stretched out hanging from the roof rafters, the most magnificent dress she had ever seen. A shimmering golden gown with plunging neckline and long white gloves made her look like royalty and it fit her like a second skin, accentuating her tiny waist and long legs. It was tailor-made just for her to wear. There would be no doubt to anyone that Cinderella was meant to be with a prince. Just as she was looking for shoes to wear, a pair of friendly pigeons cooed outside. There again on the windowsill sat pure gold dainty shoes. Cinderella was stunned as one shoe surely would equal several years of wages. She quickly braided her hair and added a sprig of winter jasmine. Cinderella and her horse Max galloped full speed up to the castle. The ball was in full celebration and she found her prince once again, but he was conversing with her two sisters. As Cinderella stood poised at the top of the staircase, there was no doubt that her presence rivaled that of any other eligible lady. 
The enormous hall grew silent as all eyes admired Cinderella. The stepmother did not waste a second, but screamed, fire, as she bumped into a lighted candelabra, which caused a huge stampede to ensue. Ladies screaming and men rushing to clear exits outside the castle. Plates of food were dropped and wine glasses crashing, causing dangerous glass flying everywhere. It was madness. Cinderella did not panic though, knowing of her evil stepmother's plan in advance of her attendance. The prince ran to Cinderella, but was pulled back by one of her sisters, who immediately fell down. Help, my prince! I have severely broken my ankle, I think, and I cannot possibly save myself. The prince took notice and picked up Cinderella's sister, carrying her to safety. But in the meantime, Cinderella ran from the castle. Arriving back home in plenty of time, she would present proof to her father of the sinister plot. However, in the chaos, she realized one of her shoes was gone. Did she drop it outside on the stairs, perhaps? It was too late now to retrieve it, so she hurriedly climbed up the secret passage back to the attic, changed into her old gray dress and apron. Her father was back in town, though, and she heard his voice calling her name. Here, father, I am up here in the attic. Tucking the golden gown into the hidden passageway, she heard a key unlock the attic door. Father, cried Cinderella, your wife locked me up here so I could not attend the ball. How awful. I had no idea they resented you to the level of resorting to this kind of treatment. Come, Cinderella, we will get you a proper dinner. You must be starving up here this whole evening. As Cinderella was eating her dinner, the stepmother entered the manor. Where are your daughters? asked the father, curious why she was unaccompanied. They are with the prince at the castle, as he is in love with them both and unable to choose. At this comment, Cinderella's father was very excited. That is excellent news, how wonderful! But I am upset that my Ella was locked in the attic. What is your excuse this time? The stepmother laughed and said she knew Cinderella would try and sabotage the good fortune of the family if she was allowed to attend. The next morning, though, the prince went to his father, declaring that no other woman would be his wife other than the lady whose foot the golden slipper fits. He had indeed found Cinderella's missing slipper on the bottom step, which her heel had caught on its rough edge. The two sisters who had heard the prince's announcement were very excited, for they had beautiful feet with perfect manicured toenails. The eldest sister called out to the prince for her to try on the shoe, and he had a servant bring it up to her room, for she was still recovering from her ankle. But she could not get the shoe past her second toe, which was a bit longer, so she grabbed a steak knife off her meal plate and chopped it off. <laughs> the servant was amazed when she declared it a perfect fit and the prince carried her to his carriage to have a romantic ride around the kingdom to declare his love. As they passed Cinderella's manor house, two pigeons chirped. Turn away, turn away, there is blood in the shoe. Turn back, the shoe is too small. The true bride is waiting for you. Curious, he commanded her to take off her shoes and saw blood streaming from the amputated toe. Gross. So gross. Furious, he immediately dropped her off at the home and returned to his castle. 
But the other sister begged the prince that she was his true bride and could prove it by gladly trying on the shoe for him. Worried that the shoe might be, though, a bit too small, she asked to be given a bit of privacy so she can raise her skirt above her ankle. The shoe almost fit, but just a little bit of her heel could not all the way slide down into the back of the shoe. Not wanting to create any suspicion, she took a nail file and started filing down her heel, furiously rubbing it until enough skin was removed to force it down. In an act of strong willpower, she kept her smile serene, despite the throbbing pain, and announced to the prince that the shoe did fit. Seeing the golden shoe sitting so pretty on her foot, he swept her up into his arms and carried her out to his horse for a cozy gallop around the countryside. The sun was out, and it was a cold, beautiful day. The snow glistened, and the horse's footsteps in the soft, powdery snow were the only sound heard that quiet afternoon. But soon, they realized two little pigeons were flying along beside them, and singing, they called out, Turn back! Turn back! She is not the one! Her heel has blood dripping down! Look, the snow has drops of red! Turn back around, only your true bride shall be wed. Seeing the drops of bright red blood from the sister's heel enraged the prince. He yelled out that she dared deceive him and dumped her on the ground in front of the manor home and pounded on the front door. Cinderella's stepmother answered, surprised to see her daughter crumpled in pain on the front porch. Excuse me, said the prince, but do you happen to have any more daughters than the two who have deceived me? Well, no, said the stepmother, there is no other daughter of mine at this home. But Cinderella's father heard the conversation from his study and came to greet the prince. Well, hello, I have a daughter, but she did not attend the ball and cannot possibly be the lady you are seeking. The stepmother agreed, saying, his daughter is too dirty and improper. She would not be suitable for palace life, I assure you. But the prince would not hear any excuse and commanded her to be brought to him. Cinderella was called to greet the prince, but first she washed her face, hands, and feet, splashing a bit of the rose oil to soften her skin. She bowed before the prince and sat down removing her wooden shoes, putting her slender petite foot into the golden slipper in front of the entire family, including the prince, who watched her holding his breath. The golden slipper fit perfectly, and as she stood up and looked him in the face, he recognized her sparkling amethyst eyes. You are the one, my true bride and the lady I danced with at the ball. He carried Cinderella on his horse, and joyfully they rode out towards the castle. Two turtle doves trailed behind them, singing, Turn and run, straight on cue, there is no blood in that shoe. Turn and ride, O oh great prince, your true bride is now by your side. And after they declared them a perfect match, down they dropped Cinderella's fur cloak across her shoulders. The entire kingdom was present for the wedding celebration, which took place the day after Christmas. Everyone was invited, including the two wicked stepsisters and her stepmother and father. At the church, two pigeons pecked out an eye of each sister as they sat to watch the ceremony. 
and afterwards, as they came out the door, the pigeons then picked out the other eye, gobbling up the entire ball in one juicy swallow. <laughs> Cinderella's father divorced his second wife and moved to the castle with his daughter and the prince. The two stepsisters were given a monthly stipend to survive in the manor house, but their blindness and crippled feet kept them unable to ever dance and admire anything beautiful because they never learned that real beauty is in the virtuous heart and character obtained through faith and noble actions. And that is the end <laughs> of Cinderella. Cinderella. I think what I've really learned from this story is that the prince has a foot fetish. Yes, because definitely. clearly the whole time he was looking at feet, and not at faces. <laughs> so he had no idea who the girl was. He just mm. knew what feet he liked. Mm -hmm, that's right. Sexy, 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 sexy. And that's nice. why your shoes matter. They sure do. It's all about <laughs> foot, foot sex. Foot. <laughs> yes, I guess that is a thing I that, hear. That's a thing. Well, thank you, Carol. That was great. Oh, you're welcome. Grim, grim, and Carol's spin on grim. That's right. <laughs> Hopefully you all will have a great time uh, shopping around for the holidays. Yeah, that's a perfect grim story because it took place at Christmas time. Yes, Yay. that's right. Nice. All right. Well, that does it for us. Take care, guys. I like Cinderella. Will you call her Cinderella? Cinderella. <laughs> like the little mice. <laughs> I'm doing my own sound effects, Josh, so we can cut down on the cost here. <laughs> More fitting for a pathetic loathsome thing like you. <laughs> so close. So close. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode. <laughs>